you don't know um, me and Clive and our family, we are proper, proper Christmas people. Now, do you know, start laughing already, but we have already eaten a tub of chocolates. Just one. That's quite good for us. It's December. The other day, Clive was like, why aren't we eating the chocolates? It's December. And um, I did nearly wear a Christmas hat today, but I thought that was maybe pushing it a bit too far. So I wore it to the kids' Christmas party yesterday instead. But I realised, um, although I really love Christmas, there's something about... There can be a danger of preaching at this time of year where everyone goes, oh, that's nice. We'll talk about the baby and the stable, and it's such a nice story. And, and before I was a Christian, I loved this time. Of year. I actually went to church a couple of times at this time of year and listened to the stories about the baby. And the... So I just want to say this morning, before anyone switches off, that baby is Jesus Christ, our Savior. And he didn't stay a baby. He grew up went to the cross willingly, died on the cross for us, went into hell and defeated the powers of sin and death so that we could be set free. Don't want to say that. That's not my preach, by the way. I just want to say that really quickly this morning in case anyone goes, oh, it's going to be a nice story. I don't have a manger up here or a little baby in it because of that. Um, and, and just before we even get started, we haven't started yet, by the way, I also want to say... Um, People from Authentic, there's some of you here, I spotted you, I'm just saying, don't go to sleep, put your phones away, this is just basically, look, there's even a flip chart, this is basically Authentic in here, so stay awake, because if I have to name and shame you from the front, I will, all right? So... We are going to look today at 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 5. So if you want to find that in your Bible, you can. I'm going to pray very quickly, and then we'll get going properly. Um, Yeah, Lord Jesus, we just want to recognize who you are this morning. We are so thankful for this time of year. We're thankful that you um, came to dwell amongst us as that baby born, um, as prophesied, but Lord, we also just declare that you grew up to be who you were, who you are, Lord, that you went to the cross for us, that you are still living and seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And we say this morning, Lord, would you open our hearts, would you open our ears, would you come and encounter each one of us this morning as we declare the truth of your word and how you are our living hope. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you thought it was going to be a nice, fluffy, warm message this morning, uh, it's not. But it's good news, which is the best thing about it. So 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 5. I brought my Bible up because I feel like you should bring your Bible up, but I'm going to read from my paper because it's easier. So it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. New birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about 
where we put our hope. And the reality is, not everyone puts their hope in Jesus. And we are sat in this room because we choose to put our hope in Jesus. But I also want to recognize there's potentially people in this room who say, I've never done that yet. There's also plenty of people in here who, who probably almost certainly have a backup hope. Go, yes, my hope is in Jesus, but I also place my hope here. Sometimes it's consciously, sometimes it's not. So I thought, what are we going to do today? So this is, sli- this is slightly what's making me nervous, because I'm pretty much, I know what I'm going to say. Actually, no, not last time I didn't. But anyway, I generally know what I'm going to say, and I generally know roughly how long it's going to take. And then I thought we'd do something interactive, and then I realized I have no idea how long it's going to take, but it's fine. Hence the flip chart. So we're going to do a little game show. Don't worry, it's not a really uncomfortable, um, unsettling one. But as soon as I mention the name of it, it's going to age me significantly. Um, But it's fine. I think it is having some reruns at the moment, so that's all right. Um, Basically, um, we're going to play Family Fortunes. (laughs) So if you don't know what that is because you're too young, you can probably just leave. That'd be fine. (laughs) Um, But in Family Fortunes, what they do is they ask a question. We surveyed 100 people and asked them this question. Now, As committed as I am to this whole preaching thing, I did not go and survey 100 people. I mean, I did think about asking a couple. But instead, um, me and Clive had a coffee. (laughs) And I surveyed Clive, and he surveyed me. That's the truth. That's what happened. Um, So the question for this morning is, where do people place their hope other than Jesus? Let's get past the score sheet from yesterday's kids' event and move on to today. So if you guys don't get involved, by the way, this is going to be rubbish. Um, So it's on you. So if anyone goes home today and thinks, that was rubbish today, it's because you didn't get involved. Um, So we're going to come up with 10 places that people put their hope other than Jesus. And you have to shout loud because otherwise it won't be a hit. Go. Work. I heard of work. And I heard of money. Oh, no. I hate this. Hang on. Hang on. I can't write that fast. Money. Oh, and I was going to do it all neatly in capitals, but now I forgot. <laughs> uh, now, I wonder, now I'm, I'm thinking it's not going to be the top answer, but you might get a spot prize for it. I don't know. Okay, we'll put him here, shall we? He can go there. Any more? Parents. Oh, oh, hang on, what's the Karen? Parents. Husbands. Oh, sorry, I'm messing up the mic because I'm moving. Self. Good. Sorry. Government. Government. You've only got one more. Use it wisely. Profits. Profits. 
Okay. That's it. You only had 10. I hope you've used them well. So, I did have a funny moment at home where I was playing out. If you've never seen Family Fortunes, this would be really wasted now. But if you have, I did have a funny time. I was playing out all the sounds to decide whether we should use that sound. But, and my dog was just totally freaked out. And after that, I decided maybe we won't, in case it freaks out anyone in here. So, what we're going to do now, this is hopefully going to work really well. But they normally start at number 10. We're not going to rubbish around with that. We're just going to, in order, it's basically a game of whether what you're saying matches up with what I think generally people are hoping. Not surveyed 100 people. Maybe next time. So, should we have the first one? Yay! Money. We had that one. Money. Look, you can have a tick. Ding! There's not a little ting noise for that. Money slash financial security, and we'll come back to that. Next one. Material possessions. Not really. Uh, thank you. Yes, I didn't need a computer. I just need Clive. I'm so glad he's better for lots of reasons, but that included. Number three. Family, friends. I, so we have parents... And we had husbands, which is an interesting one. Ding. Next one. Success. Um, we have work. Um, yeah, we, we, I, I think there's another one that comes up. Ding. That goes with that one. Next. See that one. Job slash career. Ding. We have a little, another one for that. Next one. Education. Oh, no, I, I'm guessing number four, that's going to be a dodgy one, isn't it? Next one, comfort is definitely not on your list, I don't think. Next one, let's have the next one. Health, uh, NHS. Ding. Next one, the universe, other gods. I put that in there because I thought it was irrelevant for some people. Mm, maybe... Maybe that. <laughs> and 10. Goodness slash karma. Maybe that goes with self, Ting. There you go. Good job. Mm. You can give yourselves a little clap for that. Well done. <laughs> the thing I wanted to do was just recognise that people put their hope all sorts of places. There are, yes, there are people that are, feel, feel hopeless, but often we put our hope in different places. And um, it's not that these things necessarily, some, but not all of them, it's not that they're bad in themselves. It's just that they aren't solid enough to put your faith in, to put your hope in. They're, they're fleeting, they're shifting sands. And so I, I put intentionally... You guys nearly were there as well. Put money slash financial security is number one. Because often that is where people put their hope. And the reason I included financial security is because sometimes people go, well, I'm not materialistic. I don't want loads of money, but I do want to pay off my mortgage. And I do want to make sure I've got a pension. And I do want to make sure that I've got some savings for my kids. And I'm not saying any of those things are a wrong or a bad thing. 
But if that's where we put our hope, what happens if something happens to that? What happens if we lose our job or lose our money, lose our hope? Does that leave us without hope? Because the place that we put our hope is a shift in sand. Same with family. Now, family seems like a much more solid one, right? What happens when we put our hope in family? We're putting our hope in people, other people. I think we had that on the list. Put your hope in other people. What about our health? Do you know what? I hear this said all the time. It doesn't matter what I've got as long as I'm healthy. What about if you're not? What about if you lose your health? What about if you're struggling through serious illness? That's where your hope was. Suddenly, you're not healthy anymore and you're struggling through that. What does that look like? And I want to just do a couple of stories this morning because who doesn't love a story? Um, The first is of someone that I've known for a really long time and they not a Christian, I, they would definitely, I would say, put their hope in family and financial security. And a couple of years ago, both of those things were taken. Their marriage fell apart. And because of that, it kind of upended the whole, oh, I've planned my whole life. I've nearly paid my mortgage off. I'm saved for the future. I'm going to have an early retirement. I'm going to enjoy that. But actually, marriage falls apart. You have to go and get a new mortgage to live somewhere. And suddenly, this person was without hope in the most heartbreaking, devastating way, totally without hope. Remember, um, as a family, sharing Jesus with that person and just just walls up, no no response whatsoever, no, no desire to look to someone else. And because that, because of that remains pretty much without hope. And yet, not long ago, speaking to someone else, she actually used to come to this church, Jackie and Steve, and I, um, I asked her if it was okay to share her story today because it impacted me so massively at the time. They moved away a little while ago, to up to Scotland, bought a house. They were going to do it up as a retreat. And earlier this year, their house burned down. And um, for various reasons, they didn't have any insurance. All of their stuff was in the house. And, um, and the two things that she said to me that really impacted me, one was, I didn't think that I was materialistic. But in the house were... Lots of sentimental things, you know, obviously all, all photos are digital and stuff now. But she was like, back when the kids were growing up, we had photos, baby photos, baby books, clothes, stuff like that, all gone. And she said, it really made me think about what do I hold on to that I don't need to hold on to. And secondly, she said, everything now points to the fact that we should just leave. Like, we're in this place. We don't really know anyone else here. Um, this was what we were here for. It's, the house is burnt down. We've got actually absolutely no way at the moment of rebuilding it. But I feel this total peace in God 
that this is where we're supposed to be. And even with all of that gone, my hope is in Jesus. And it, and it pretty much undid me at the time. I was like, wow, like, that's, when, that's when you know for sure. Because we all like to think that, don't we? We all, we all like to think, yeah, my hope is in Jesus, no matter what. But it reminds me of the book of Job. Like, you know, that, it's that stage of having stuff stripped away. Oh, this is stripped away. Okay, I'm still all right, faith in God. Oh, this is stripped away. I'm still okay, faith in God. And I, you know, I remember reading that quite early on as a Christian, which, I mean, again, if you know me, it's probably unsurprising, I realise. I never thought I had a genre of reading, but if you were to ask anyone who knows me very well, they'd probably say depressing, <laughs> which I didn't realise until... I think Maya or Clive told me that the other week. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. So it's unsurprising that I read Job quite quickly after becoming a Christian. But that book, again, it just gets me because it makes you think of you, right? It makes you go, what would that look like for me? If I had all my livelihood stripped away, then started stripping away my family and my home, and you're left with nothing. Is my hope in Jesus? And I guess that's the question for us this morning because the danger of stuff like this is we go, Jesus is our living hope. So everyone out there who isn't a Christian needs to know the living hope of Jesus. I 100% agree with you. I know that's what you're all thinking. Um, But it's true for us as well, right? Because sometimes we don't put our hope in Jesus. Sometimes... We put it other places. And Jesus. It's not like we go, not Jesus anymore, but we go, I'm going to put like everything at the moment, this whole cost of living crisis, right? Must make sure I'm really organized with my finances and I must make sure I'm listening to the news so I know what's going on. But your hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in a living saviour. And I think Jesus would ask us that question today. Would you put your hope in me and me alone? And you might go, oh, yeah, but Kaz, you don't know what I'm going through. In theory, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with an abstract Jesus as a living hope. But I've just lost my job. And I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I don't know how to heat my home right now or buy food for my kids. You might go, I'm being bullied so badly at school or college. And I get what you're saying, but this is destroying me. And you might go, My drinking is out of control. My mental health is out of control. The health of my family is in jeopardy. Or I'm just so deeply unhappy that this time of year makes me terrified. Because everyone's talking about joy and togetherness and how great it is that it's Christmas. But for me, I'm, I'm not there. And so 
I want to tell you this morning, whatever you're going through, whoever you are, and this is why I said at the start, don't switch off. Whoever you are, Jesus is your living hope. Jesus is your living hope. In John 16, 33, the second part of it says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Most people know that scripture. We do a nice little brush over the first bit. But take heart, I have overcome the world. But Jesus doesn't promise us a trouble-free life. And again, most of us get that in theory until it happens to us. And we go, life is just so hard. This can't be right. But we live in a fallen world. And our hope is in Jesus because it is an eternal hope. And so even if right now your life feels painful or a huge struggle, you can't see your way through. Jesus is your living hope for all eternity. Um, I saw this quote by Billy Graham, um, evangelist, preacher, just incredible guy. It says, for the believer, there is hope beyond the grave because Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and resurrection. For the believer, there is hope beyond the grave. So even if you feel, authentic people, if you feel like I'm a million miles away from even thinking about that, it starts right now because our hope isn't based on what's going on around us. It's not based on our financial security. It's not based on our family. It's not based on our popularity. It's not based on what's going on on social media. It's not based on our health. It is based on an eternal hope in a living God, Christ Jesus, a hope that goes beyond the grave because Jesus Christ opened the door by his death and resurrection. So much of the hope of the world is based on performance, is based on us. We have to do better. Like those ones we looked at a minute ago, your job, and your success, and your education, even your family, how, what your family relationships are like. And so often we can feel like, I must try harder. I must do better. I want to have hope in that, but I need to try harder. This is the exact opposite. This is our hope flows from God. It is total freedom, freedom to hoping, resting, trusting somebody else. It's a here and now hope. And, and our hope isn't in a thing or an idea. Our hope is in a person. And as we said right at the start, that person is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. I can't think of another place to put my hope that is more of a solid foundation than that. It's a sure and certain hope that as the storms come, and and it's uh, when the storms come, not if. We, We don't get through this life without some storms, right? So when the storms come, as is a sure and certain hope, as is a solid foundation, that flows from God. 
So, practical steps for this week. <coughs> Sorry. It's all very well, us doing this. And then we finish and we go, thanks very much. That was a lovely Sunday and go home. The reality is, this only makes a difference if it goes into our life. And so three practical steps, because three is nice and neat. Um, first, this is the most difficult one. Are you ready? This is the most challenging one out of the three. Rest in Jesus. It's the most difficult because it involves just sitting with Jesus. Oh my goodness, that is the most challenging thing for me. I can walk around and pray. I can have an activity of reading my Bible. Rest in Jesus. Rest in who he is. In him as our living hope. Spend time in the presence of Jesus. Don't write this off. Don't... I'm aware that as we lead up to Christmas, for most people, life's a bit crazy. Like, um, Clive and I run a business. I'm already like, oh my goodness, there's so much to do this week before we try and have some time off. But there is nothing more important in your week than resting in Jesus. So that's the, the first thing. The second thing is to meditate on God's word. I've actually got an activity for you for it. So... Go and look in the Bible about all the places it mentions hope. God as our hope. God as our living hope. Go and do that. Go and meditate on those verses. Go find them. See how many places mentions hope in the Bible, that God is our hope, that Jesus is our living hope. And go and meditate on those verses. Go and get scripture into you. And the last one is to choose to put your hope in Jesus. It's a choice. As much as anything, it's a choice. Am I going to choose to put my hope in what's going on in the world today? Am I going to choose to put my hope in my financial situation, in my health, in my family, in in all the other things we've talked about today, is that where I'm going to choose to put my hope this week? Or am I going to choose to lift my eyes and put my faith and my hope in Jesus? Because it is a choice. And we sometimes get so caught up. And um, I'll tell you this little thing now, and you won't mind, I'm sure. <laughs> this week, I've, I was just, um, in fact, it's yesterday. This is how last minute I am. I was just reading through some of this to Clive. And... Um, He's just been going through all kinds of health stuff over the last couple of weeks. And it's been, well, it's, it's hard, isn't it? When you're going through health stuff, you don't quite, he's been unwell, we don't really know what's going on. And it's easy to kind of look to um, test results and doctor's appointments and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, and again, not wrong, but when, we, when I was running through this, he was like, wow, I needed to hear that. Because it reminds us, doesn't it? It's okay to go to the doctors when you're unwell. It's okay to get tests done and to wait for those results. But our hope is in a living God. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves, all those other things are okay, but actually the place we choose for our hope is in Jesus. So that is your homework. Um, 
I, I think it would just be absolutely right for us to finish with some time of response. Um, and so I'd love to invite the band back up, if that's okay. Um, our response is simply to take a moment with Jesus, to take that time. Some of you are in real storms right now in your life. Some of you are dealing with stuff potentially that other people don't even know about. And so I would love for us to take some time to just sit quietly before Jesus. You can sit, you can stand, you can kneel, you can do whatever you're comfortable with, but to really open your hearts and engage this morning and reflect on the fact that Jesus is our hope and to be strengthened in your faith this morning.